Welcome to Behind the Curtain. Today our guest is James Maldonado, a certified master dog trainer who is here to talk about dogs and how we can help them live their best lives through training. You can find out more information about James Maldonado by going to dogtrainingwithjames.com. Let me share on a personal note that I decided to foster and adopt a dog a few months ago. My parrot of 27 years died, and I was devastated. Life just wasn't the same without her in it. So I ended up adopting a dog. Her name is Millie. I found her through an organization called Mountain Rotties and Naughties. Millie is between two and three years of age. She's very reactive to people, to dogs, to cars. I was introduced to James through Val Ellsworth, who is a volunteer at Mountain Rotties. James and I worked together for several weeks on obedience, and I saw a dramatic change in Millie's behavior, as well as my own. James Maldonado, thank you for being on the program today. Hi, thanks for having me. So tell us a little about yourself and what inspired your love of animals and what, what led you down the path to be a master dog trainer. Ah, well, uh, the the short version, uh, which I think it, it kind of falls to be true for most animal trainers and animal lovers is, uh, you know, I grew up with with dogs in the house. We always had at least one dog. And um, and so when I had moved to New Mexico in 2002, 2003, I had adopted a shelter mutt. He was a pit bull lab mix. Um, he was completely bald almost, covered in scabs. He was very mangy. His name, uh, I named him Scabby, which some people loved and other people hated. Um, <laughs> but he was, he was my... Um, he was my ride or die. You know, he was uh, mm-hmm. a dog that came with me to, uh, I, I used to work on ranches. I used to breed horses in New Mexico and he came with me pretty much everywhere. And it was interesting uh, starting to, when I had started working on these ranches, I, I didn't have a lot of understanding on body language with animals, with dogs. Um, but, you know, my fear of being around these large horses and having to figure out how my body language could cause them to react positively or negatively, uh, I was able to really, I was able to look at, a, a, at my dog and say, wow, you know, the, the same is just so true of how I work with Scabby at home and on the ranch. And so um, it was what really got me interested in dog training was really just following some body language and seeing how I could get Scabby to react positively to what I was asking him to do. Um, so, you know, you fast forward now, uh, 10 years later, and now I'm living in, in Brooklyn, New York, and Scabby is an old man. And when he died, he died of old age. He was 14. Um, mm. It was just his time to go, but it was one of the most difficult days of my life. Um, mm. For any animal lover out there, I think we know that, you know, a, a dog or a cat is not just a pet. It's a family member. It's not easily replaced. It's not as easy as going to a shelter or a breeder and just picking up another one the next day. And so uh, to show my love uh, and give him a, a, a bit of an, uh, I guess you could say an homage, I decided to uh, to go for my, my dog training certification and, um, it was really what kind of started me down the, the, the road of professional dog training was really just trying to keep my beloved dog's memory alive without 
uh, being too hasty and, and trying to replace them with another dog of my own. And what a beautiful tribute to your dog. Now, there are several different forms of dog training, right? This is what was confusing me because I wasn't a dog person. There's positive reinforcement and then scientific training, clicker training, electronic training. So for those of us that may be tuned in that are not that familiar with dogs, could you define your philosophy about dog training? Well, you know, my... Um, my approach really just came from my own experience with, with the dogs that I had trained prior to any certification. So these would be friends and family members who all had dogs that would say, wow, James, your, your dog is so well-behaved. What did you do? And, you know, it, it really was what ended up working for me as well. I, I, I had to learn how to stay calm. I had to learn how to not take something that my dog or another dog had, has done, uh, I had to learn how to not take it personal. You know, dogs just don't have the ability to rub their paws toge- together and come up with a nefarious plan, you know, to <laughs> destroy my, my favorite pair of jeans or something. Um, so my approach really came from uh, just what I had, had what I had kind of witnessed myself. And so it was the patience that was involved in uh the patience that is involved, should I say, with with meeting a new animal and having a, a massive language barrier. You know, my, my approach involves really trying to help my clients observe their dog. And I try to remind them at home and when we're, when we're working together, you know, I might say something like, right there, look at what your dog is doing. Look at that behavior. Ask yourself, what is it doing right now? What is it feeling? Um, you know, a, a part of positive reinforcement first only can come if you understand why why they're doing what they're doing, the psychology behind uh, their behavior, their emotions. Uh, my approach comes from really observing your own dog, understanding uh, the breed, or if you have a mixed breed dog, the breeds that uh, that make up its instinct and its its power, and maybe even some of its more fearful moments. Um, you know, I, I love the idea of positive training, but I also do see, uh, I, I tend to work off of a little bit more of a wolf pack mentality, uh, the mm-hmm. idea of the alpha dog. Um, and I make it very clear when I work with people, uh, you know, cause a lot of people, a lot of folks can be very apprehensive when they hear alpha dog, uh, in, in a training scenario. I think a lot of folks want to believe that that means dominate and stand over your dog, roll them onto their back or be heavy handed. Uh, and so I really try to uh, impress upon people that when you're working with a dog uh, to be the alpha, the first and, and most important thing that it provides to his pack or to her pack is protection. And no, no dog or pack of dogs will ever listen or follow the directions of their pack leader if that pack leader hurts them or is unable to protect them. And mm-hmm. I feel that that's a very important aspect to, to, to impress upon people that, you know, before they put a leash on their dog, they have to understand what being an alpha means. Um, so, uh, and I'm sure as you can recall from our, our sessions, I, I can get into some real long tangents and really start talking. So you really got to stop me if I go too long. 
it um it's it, so kind of just re rehashing a little bit you know observation for me is is so important it doesn't mean you have to block out hours and just stare at your dog um asserting yourself as the alpha this means not letting your dog jump up on you stand between you and food or beg for food um you know being an alpha means that when you give a command that you expect them to follow through with it um I personally enjoy and and see a lot of of really great benefits from leash work. So um, a lot of folks that I've worked with will eventually move to a harness once their dog has learned their basic commands. Um, but I like to start with a um, with typically, and you know, the, I think that's the biggest problem with a lot of dog training tools is that they just have awful names. But for lack of better uh, terminology, I'll just give the names that are the most popular. But I like using uh, the choker collars and prong collars. And again, these are not to inflict pain or, or any type of uh, even discomfort. It's really just something that's used as a tool to mimic the behavior that an alpha might use over the, the lower rung dogs in her pack. And so, you know, for me, approach is always, uh, is always based on positive reinforcement. That's where you always go first. Everything is positive. Everything is, is based on your body language. Your tone of voice is so important. Um, and then also understanding when it's time to say, okay, no more nonsense, no more BS. You're not listening. I have to say no. You know, we, we hate to say no to our lovely cute children, but we can't let them throw tantrums in supermarkets. Very right. similarly, we love our sweet, cute, fur, you know, furry friends, but we can't let them pull us across the street to get to the Pomeranian on the other side of the road. You know, we have to do things that uh, we have to hold them to task. And so uh, my approach is really about being stern, having a dog understand where its place is in the family. Um, mm-hmm. But most importantly, to kind of round out this answer um, or the answer to your question, um, at the end of the day, what I'm looking for in a in a dog training scenario is for a dog to find his owner, to find affection, to find love and comfort. And the way that they are going to find that is through the obedience and and foundation with anybody trying to train a dog and I think the most important thing I could say pretty much right off the bat is remember this is a dog. They don't feel the things you think they're feeling. You know, you want a good connection. You want that dog to follow you everywhere to the ends of the world. The best thing you could do is train that dog. I agree with you. It made such a big difference with Millie and and with me. I mean, you're absolutely right about that. I did not realize how tense I was holding the leash she's picking up on all that. So if I'm not relaxed, she's not going to be relaxed. She's, you know, I'm sending the signal. Yeah, I'm in panic too. So you should really even get more aggressive. We don't realize how much of an impact we have over these animals. So I just love having all of these new skills. It's an interesting thing, you know, um, and and you're, you touched on something that I, I didn't touch on, which is energy. And it is a very important thing, you know, as I had mentioned before, we, we have a language barrier with dogs. And along with understanding their body language, we need to understand how our energy uh, plays into their 
their energy into their emotional responses. Um, when we first started working together, I, I recall on a few occasions when another person or dog would come down the road, I could see you tense up and start mm-hmm. to get very worried about what the circumstance was going, how it was going to play out. And, and you could watch Millie then, you know, start stepping, you know, really, really lightly, just getting ready to almost getting ready to, to lunge. And you know, she was preparing mm-hmm. herself because you were preparing yourself, you know, yes. and as we, as we worked through, through that and uh, we were able to work on your energy, we were able to fix hers almost like a turnkey situation. It was almost a non-issue anymore. And, um, and so, you know, it, I, I'm, I'm thankful that you brought that up because, you know, one of those aspects of, of working with a dog that's so important uh, and you hear it so often is that uh, 50% of the time you're not training the dog, you know, you're, you're working with the owner, the handler to help them understand what their role is with, with their dog, with their partner in crime. And so, um, yeah, you're absolutely, uh, thank you for bringing that up because I, I, you know, I'm always so excited to speak about dog training that I, I run a mile a minute and then forget all the good stuff. Well, there's no, there's just a lot to, to talk about with it. It's, it's far more, you know, complicated than I realized. But tell us about what kinds of dog training services you offer so people out there know, um, you know, what they're in store for with you. So I work, um, I offer uh, one-on-one puppy training and as as the business starts to pick up because I've only just recently launched a website and um, and so I'm hoping that I can start offering some puppy classes this would be uh, I'd say probably four to six puppies at a time you want to still keep it manageable so that we could have a, an effective class, but I offer um, hands-on puppy training or Zoom classes. I know that a, a few folks or a lot of folks are still very concerned about the pandemic. Um, mm-hmm. And for puppy training, you know, that starts the moment that the puppy comes home, somebody should be, should be working with their puppy. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's no different than having a child in the home. You know, you, you need to get, structure into the the dog's life as as young and as soon as you can that doesn't mean that you have to be strict and that you're not allowed to have fun but we we tend to let puppies get away with things that then when they are full-blown adults and 100 pounds we get very upset when they do these things like jump on the couch or jump on us Mm -hmm. and we 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 blame the dog you know and meanwhile it's like "Ah, maybe when it was a puppy i let it get away with that so um, I offer puppy school, which is super important. Um, and then I offer uh, group classes as well, which um, are to pretty much get as much of a distraction training as, as possible in a group setting. As you can imagine, this can be very slow going. You're, you're, you're going as, as quickly as the, the slowest learner in the group. Uh, that's mm-hmm. both dog and human. Um, so I do also offer one-on-one training. I, I started a new program that I call the Accountability Buddy Program. Um, and I really enjoy this personally. What this, what this program is is a chance for, um, for two folks that have uh, each a dog that they want, that, where they are going to have to work together uh, or live together or maybe their neighbors. So uh, a really good example is my girlfriend and I, when we first started dating, our dogs um, – 
hated each other. We couldn't even have them in the same room. They always had to be on a leash. And I remember turning to her and saying, wow, you know, this relationship might be, might end before it even starts because of, of our dogs. And so uh, it, it gave me this really great idea that, you know, sometimes you have a young couple or whatever age couple that moves in together or wants to move in together and they each have a dog or maybe somebody moves into a new neighborhood and they have, uh, their neighbor has a dog and they're not getting along, whatever the case may be, you know, an accountability buddy uh, training session is a moment where you and your friend or family member or whoever it is can work one-on-one with your dog and a friend's dog or a significant other's dog to, to get them getting along, to work on distraction training, uh, pretty much to, to approach whatever the, the issues are that that duo, that particular, particular duo is dealing with as an issue. Um, so for all of these programs, what I try to offer is, is really an individualized, customized idea of, of, uh, or program to work with that, that dog's problems. You know, we have high anxiety dogs. We have uh, dogs that are, can be aggressive, and that might be because of fear or just, uh, you know, straight up anger. Um, I deal with basic obediences. Maybe we're having a lot of trouble with, dog, with your dog running away. Uh, each case is very, is very specific. And so I, um, that's why I really enjoy my one-on-one classes because um, it's a chance for us to really get to the nitty-gritty of what's going on with your dog, not um, uh, uh, let's walk in a circle and have every dog sit together. Those are fun classes, and they're important. But... Um, you know, the, the best class that I offer is just a good one-on-one where you can really get uh, all, of, uh, all of the basic obediences down. And as I've said to you, it's then about getting a well, well-oiled machine, you know, tightening up the screws. Let's talk about that. Humans play in the success of dog training. It's not easy. Sometimes I remember coming to you, like, wanting to throw my my hands up in the air, you know, being so frustrated. I thought my dog was having a psychotic breakdown, and you said, no, it's the Zoomies. <laughs> do you remember that? <laughs> Go Google <laughs> Zoomies. <laughs> really, you need to be educated about this and constantly Yeah, it's question. a moment of smile, for sure. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, you have to constantly question and, like you say, observe your dog and notice these things and then reach out to people. Thank God I reached out to you and said, I don't know. I think there's something seriously wrong with her. And you said, no, no, no. You assured me that there wasn't, that this is just, you know, a natural thing that many dogs go through. And and then, you know, instructed me how to prevent it from happening or stop it from happening if it does. I, we go on a walk together. I take photographs. She's having a blast. By the time we both come back, we're kind of grounded and ready to start our day. So since then, she's been no Zoomies. So I really thank you. Okay. But let's talk about what else people have to do. You know, it's not just on the dog. It's, it's really us who need to be trained in some cases more than the dog. Absolutely. Well, you know, it's, um, I see... I see a client for one hour once a week, you know, that's a, there's a lot of hours left in the week. And um, while I make myself available through my programs to have, uh, to correspond, happy to record videos and, uh, and do anything that, that my clients need, you know, it's like I said to you, 
um, I'm not just your dog trainer for the one hour. You can lean on me whenever you have questions, whenever you have concerns. I even make it a point to try to check in with people throughout the week just to, to see how they're doing. You know, sometimes it, it gives them a little bit of comfort to know that somebody is there, you know, and that they can give you a call anytime just to, to ask, hey, what is this behavior? Especially if you've never owned uh, or been around dogs before, behavior like that can be very strange. Um, yeah. And, you know, I think that uh, a lot of people – uh, they they train the the one question that I ask everybody when I first start working with them is uh, what are your what, where does your dog stand with their basic obediences and most of the time people tell me that their dog knows how to sit and then mm-hmm. oddly enough the the next thing that everybody always tells me is that they've taught their dog to give paw and I'm like well that's <laughs> great but you know if your dog is running down the road you know, it's it's not going to do any any good to be like, give me your paw, you know, shouting after the dog. Um, I also find that when a lot of people say that their dog can sit, what they're saying is that their dog is able to sit when they're holding a treat in their hand in the quiet comfort of their living room when all the lights dimmed and not a noise or distraction in sight. To me, that's, that's not really sit. Sit is the dog being able to hear that command through all the fog of noise and cars and people and other dogs. Um, and so, you know, the, the way that, that people can really show up to a dog training session, you know, I, I would have to say, A, um, you are a model uh, training client. And oh, thank you. The, and, and the reason for that was because there was no pushback. There was no... Um, there was no argument about, well, I, I heard that it was done like this, or I have a friend that's done that, or I don't like that. You know, to that I always say to people, get your dog trained. If not by me, find somebody to train your dog, you know. But the thing is, is that uh, when, it's, when it's all said and done, what you really need to do as a, as a training client is hear what your, your dog trainer is trying to explain and uh, – and really see if it if it connects with with how your lifestyle uh, and your approach to to dog rearing would be. You know, um, some people don't like my techniques. Some people love the way I I I teach. And so um, the best thing that you can do as a training client is find somebody that uh, is really listening to what your issues are with your dog. Is understanding what your concerns are as well. You know, uh, it's, it's a very difficult thing, and I hear a lot from, from dog training clients uh, that they ended up working with me specifically because they felt like they weren't being handed uh, an itinerary of what, they were, what was expected, uh, what they could expect in a class. Um, mm-hmm. I think a lot of dog trainers can fall into a bit of a, a into a routine. Okay, we're first going to do this, then we're going to do that, and the problem is that a lot of times it, it falls a little short of actually, um, uh, you know, getting, getting to the core of the issue that brought that, that person to their, their training program in the first place. That's um, true. There is really no one-size-fits-all, fit, really, with dogs. There's no one-size-fits-all. Exactly. Yeah. And so, you know, okay. when it comes to training clients, the best thing that you can do is just stay really open-minded 
uh, you may have had dogs growing up, which is another thing I hear a lot. Oh, I know that. I had dogs growing up. Well, mm-hmm. and like I always say, I was also a kid, but that doesn't mean that I'm going to know exactly how to <laughs> raise a child just because at one point I was a child. You know, mm-hmm. like uh, this is one of those things where uh, when it comes to dog training, I think a lot of people kind of say, uh, I'm, I'm going to give it a whirl myself. I'm going to do it by myself. I can do this. Um, mm-hmm. And so a lot of the times by the, by the time I meet a dog and they're human, there's already a problem. You know, I'm not meeting right. most dogs uh, on, a, on an empty canvas. I'm, I'm meeting dogs after people have attempted to do the training themselves, which sometimes is great. Some people do really good with it. And other times uh, people fall a bit short. Um, and so just very, again, roundabout. For me, I think that if you really want to be successful with your dog in training, you really have to be honest with what your capabilities as a dog trainer are. Do you really know dogs? Do you really understand what they need, what they're looking for, what their instinct is telling them to do? Um, because, you know, a lot of the times I, I think a lot of us would like to believe that we know how to do that kind of stuff, but we really don't. Uh, it would be like me trying to open up the, the, the hood to my car and say, I got this. I'm going to fix this guy right up. But right. the fact is, is that if I opened up a car engine, I would have no idea. I know where the oil goes, and I know where the water goes or the coolant, but I'd pass that. I, I seek a professional to fix my car. And, um, and so, you know, I find that uh, the most important advice that I could ever give to, to, to people right off the bat, just get a trainer. If it's not me, if it's not my program, find somebody that really jives with what you're looking for. Um, and a really good example that I can give really quickly is I, I have a new training client that's starting mid-August, and she has a dog that she adopted from a shelter that came to her with a bit of anxiety. Um, mm-hmm. And as, as the dog grew more comfortable in the home, the anxiety has grown to a point where now if she walks past a construction site, uh, or here's a siren. She remembers the road that she heard that, that, that fire truck siren on, and she refuses to go down that road. If, mm-hmm. a, if the mailman drops off letters in the mailbox uh, on their front porch, she won't go out the front door. You know, she is so afraid of everything. Mm-hmm. Her anxiety has gotten so, so huge that she mm-hmm. won't leave the house anymore. And the issue that the owner is having is that uh, she's been she's been finding a lot of training programs that are like like you had said as a phrase it has become a one size fits all that she's finding mm-hmm. and for her her big frustration was uh, that she had vented to me she said I just want somebody to listen to me yeah. I just want somebody to hear what I'm saying why I'm so nervous for my dog why I'm so scared to walk her and why this is why this has changed my life so negatively um and so you know those are powerful things to hear and so my immediate concern and jump into action moment is don't get rid of this poor poor dog she needs you more than ever we can make this work let's see what we can do so i'm in the process now of working with her she sends me videos and even just her sending me videos for me to observe the dog when she's at her worst 
has already mm-hmm. alleviated so much concern for this this woman and her dog because she's like, okay, I finally found somebody that's just listening, is not saying I'm nuts. And so, yes, um, you know, the, the best thing that and I, I just, I can't say it enough, just get somebody to train your dog. The dog needs training, train, train, train. Um, and the people need training too, whether they realize it or not. I mean, I certainly thought, no, I don't need any training, but I did. So yeah. it's, you know, it's, you don't know what you don't know. You can't see what you can't see. And it's difficult for us to. Absolutely. And it's easy to go, oh, well, the dog, especially when you get it from the shelter, you know, I'm going, well, listen, this is not all my fault because I just got the dog. Yet I was contributing to the situation because I had a lot of anxiety. You bring that anxiety to the situation and they're picking it up. So until we recognize it within ourselves, and I love the way you pointed it out. You were such a Zen trainer, James. I have to say that. I highly recommend (laughs) you. You have such a a wonderful, warm, open, generous way of pointing out some of the things that we're doing that are are not positive for the training and for the dog. The one thing that my dog training teacher told me, and I say all the time, is Slow is fast. If you're attempting to get any of these commands to be quick fixes that you're hoping they're going to learn overnight, it will take them forever to learn. But if you're patient, you take your time, you really just give the dog a chance to really internalize this and make it fun, the dog is going to pick it up really quickly. So with everything you're trying to do with a dog, slow is fast. So, again, I want to thank my special guest, James Maldonado, Master Dog Trainer, uh, for all of his sage training advice uh, for the dog and myself. Please go to his website, dogtrainingwithjames.com, and sign you and your canine up for some Zen training sessions with James. James, again, I thank you so much for helping and supporting me and my Millie. I wish you continued success in all your training endeavors, and I'll be seeing you, of course, around and again. And please let us know if you are also performing locally at any time. James is not only a great trainer, but he is an excellent musician. Go to gobehindthecurtain.com for information about myself and the show, as well as blogtalkradio.com slash behindthecurtain. Thanks for taking time out of your precious lives to tune into my show. Please help spread the word about our program and continue to support us. Until next time, I'm sending you light and thoughts of peace and love. Take care, everybody. Let's be kind to one another.